Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Save Your Sanity Podcast. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. Are you living with the chaos, confusion, and uncertainty that a toxic person loves to create? Is a partner, parent, ex, sibling, child, or coworker causing you to second-guess yourself? That can be crazy-making. I'm here to help you save your sanity. So let's get down to it and figure some things out now. Stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to Save Your Sanity. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. You know, I'm talking all the time about toxic relationships, and I thought it was really important to do a podcast episode that talked about the underhanded, undermining signs of toxic relationships and to share with you my definition of a toxic relationship. I've been working in this field for a long time, so I have a little bit different take on it than some people do, and I wanted to share that with you. Because you're probably a good person, you want to be fair, you don't want to blame people for things, you don't want to be finding fault, you want to look at the upside, look at the good side, see what's available to you to reflect on within yourself, am I doing something I shouldn't do, am I contributing to the problem? And so because you're a good person, you'll go the extra mile and you'll try to be understanding and you may not even see the toxicity because you're working so hard at being that fair person, the person who compromises, the person who has some wiggle room, who is accepting, has some ability to be compassionate and understanding, demonstrates empathy. And if those things are things that describe you, then you may find yourself in a toxic relationship later, then you recognize that you have been. And I guess it's a convoluted say way of saying that you're in a toxic relationship, but you didn't really realize you were until it had gone on for quite some time. And toxic relationships cause people damage. Toxic relationships are abusive. And they cause people to be broken and broken down. And I just want to save you another minute of wondering if you're in a toxic relationship by sharing these things with you. I'm going to share with you 40 different signs of a toxic relationship. Now, you may have one or two of them occasionally. Most of us do. That's not a toxic relationship. That's a toxic moment. But if you're experiencing these frequently, regularly, far too often, then it's important to see that you may well be in a relationship that is toxic. So you're being worn down, torn down, put down, and eventually you will become exhausted. So let's prevent that if we possibly can. So I want to share with you my definition of a toxic relationship. And I'm going to read it to you so I get it really, really clear. A toxic relationship is one where interactions are too frequently verbally and emotionally abusive. They're intentionally damaging, anxiety-producing, 
and creating of an unsafe environment for health and well-being. Now that's my personal definition of a toxic relationship. I'll read it again. See how it fits with what you're experiencing. A toxic relationship is where interactions are too frequently verbally and emotionally abusive. They are intentionally damaging. They're anxiety producing and they're creating an unsafe environment for health and well-being. Do you recognize that in what you're experiencing? Well, by the time we're finished with this podcast, you will have 40 very discreet things to look at. So I would suggest that it might be good for you to grab a pen and paper and just keep a tally as I go through the list of 40 in a few minutes to see how many of them you actually experience in the relationship you're thinking of. You know, I talk about hijackals all the time, the relentlessly difficult people in life who want to scavenge a relationship for power, status, and control. Well, there are two main types, although there are several other ways of naming them, but there are two main types. They're the ones that are really obvious, the covert or the overt narcissistic hijackal. The one who was just out there, arrogant, blunt, direct, in your face, entitled, all of that. And then there's the covert narcissistic hijackal, who is the one who is, oh, poor me, playing the victim, never gets what they want. Oh, don't think about me. I don't matter. That one. Now, if you're with an overt hijackal, you're going to see aggression, rage, violence. If you're with a covert hijackal, you're going to see passive aggressive behaviors and and the depressive behaviors. So whichever you're with, as we go through these, listen carefully for how they are manifesting in the relationship that you have in mind. Because toxic relationships include inappropriate controlling, manipulative behaviors, competitiveness, and they're certainly going to lack the three must-haves of a healthy adult relationship that I talk about. And if you are new to my podcast, welcome. Um, And for those of you who have returned, you're so welcome. Always bring your friends over if you think this could be helpful for you. But why I'm addressing that in this moment is I often talk about the absolute foundation of a healthy relationship, the must-haves of a healthy adult relationship, which is in episode 115. And you're going to find that when you have any kind of toxic relationship, you don't have those three things. And those three things are equality, reciprocity, and mutuality. So... When we look at the covert narcissists and hijackals, we're going to find the underhanded, passive-aggressive, not willing to directly confront an issue, not willing to take responsibility for an issue, hiding behind the, oh, nobody ever likes me, I'm going to go out and eat worms kind of thing, if you remember that song from when you were a child, I certainly do. And on the other side, the overt narcissists and, and hijackals, the ones who are out there demanding, controlling, visible and they're the ones who are going to be more likely to be aggressive violent and raging so now we're going to talk about these 40 
things. And I'm just going to go through them and give you a little commentary on each one. And if you've got that pen and paper there, just make a note if you're experiencing any one of these and then see whether or not it kind of adds up to a toxic relationship. So the first one is degradation. That means that they are going to put you down. They're going to find some way to make you less than, to just have that little little say-so, that little edge to their tone, their little looking down the nose at you. They're going to be seeing you as less and be willing to say so as well. Now, the second one is jealousy. They may not want you or behave as though they want you, but they are certain that you want everybody else and everybody else wants you. And so in a toxic relationship, it's that constant vigilance of jealousy. And that can be so disastrous to a relationship. You know, I have clients all over the world. And if you want to be a client of mine, you can use my new client offer at beaclient.com. And we'll talk for a full hour if you want to use that. But many times I'm talking to people and they're saying, well, you know, the jealousy in the beginning was kind of flattering. It kind of made me feel like, oh, well, I'm special and this person really wants me all to themselves. But then it turned into something mean and nasty and a way to put me down. And that's what happens when you're in a hijackal relationship, a toxic relationship. We get that jealousy piece and it's a, a way to keep you small. So the third one is the possessiveness that goes with the jealousy. They want you all to themselves. They don't want anyone else to have you. In fact, they don't even want you to have same-sex friends or they may even want you to cut off your family because they want you all to themselves. And as I said in the beginning, that can seem kind of flattering, but it grows old really quickly. So if you're feeling like they're overly possessive, and they've got an eye cast on you at all times to see if you are, in their opinion, flirting. You know, that is just a sign that they have had some bad relationships, perhaps, or that they are using their past relationship to uh, look at you with a jaundiced eye. But be very, very aware if it feels possessive for no good reason and does not feel flattering, that is a sign of a toxic relationship. So number four, you know this one, it's dominance. They want to be the dominant one in the relationship. They want to be the go-to one. They want to be the decision maker. They want to be the one that is the arbiter of all conversation. And that can be very wearing because they always want to be the one in charge. And there's no equity in that, you know, like I say about the three must-haves of a healthy adult relationship. We have to have equality. That means that there's equal importance to each one of us, and each one of us gets a say, and it has to be equal. Well, you won't find that when one person is fighting for dominance, and that's very damaging to, to the relationship but to the one who is being dominated because it just wears you down. So toxic relationship sign number five is manipulation. They change their story. They want to get you to do things. 
they get sneaky and they start to manipulate stories, manipulate wants and needs, manipulate outcomes, and therefore manipulate you. And that is something that puts you into hypervigilance. You're always guarded. Like, is this the truth? Is this not the truth? doesn't sound the same as it did last time or yesterday or 20 minutes ago. Am I crazy? No, they're manipulating you. And that manipulation can extend to so many things, including all their lying and deceitful behaviors. So number six is desperation. They are desperate for power and control. They are desperate to know where you are because they need power and control. They're desperate for uh, people adoring them and validating them. And people who are like that are very toxic, very fast, because you just can't fill that void that's in them. But they keep demanding that you do and making you wrong when you don't. So desperation is something, you know, they say you can smell desperation. And if you sit back and have the little sniff test of your relationship, can you smell desperation in the in the controlling person? That would be definitely a sign that they're contributing to toxicity in the relationship. Number seven is selfishness. Toxic people are selfish. Whether they are covert, playing the poor me card, trying to get attention, or they're overt, saying, look at me, and playing that card, they are seeking attention and they are selfish about it. They want to be the ones. Have you ever been in a conversation where you really just thought you wanted to have a give and take conversation with a friend? And yet every time you say something, they turn it into talking about themselves <laughs> and it just never seems to get around to being your turn. That is selfishness. You want to do something on a particular day, they tell you why what they have to do is more important and you should do that because they are selfish. So selfishness will show up and be a sign of a toxic relationship. Then number eight is a really sad one. It's rejection. They like to push you away because it shows that they have control, you know, um, that I can push you away, I can pull you toward me, I can send you away, I can say nasty things about you, and then I can pull you back. They like to reject you. And that's why they get so upset if you happen to reject them and walk out on the relationship, because they're the ones who get to reject, not you. And they get very, very upset about that. So another sign of toxicity is rejection. Now, number eight is one that you all know, which is the demanding nature. I want it. I want it this way. I want it yesterday. And you should have already given it to me. And that's where we get that really dysfunctional phrase. If you really loved me, you'd know what I want. No, that is not true. That's not true on any level. If you really loved me, you'd ask me, what would make me happy, and if it were in your power to give it to me, you would. Not that it's your task to make me happy, but if you ask me what I'd like you to do that would make me happy, have an answer. But that's not what they're up to. They're demanding. 
and the demanding in all things, in the smallest little things, as well as the large things. So that's very important when you're thinking about it. Now, these are in no particular order. They're just all the ones that came to mind for me, and then all of a sudden there were 40. But this one, number um, 10, is one that you may feel, but you may not have given it this name, and it's emotional surveillance. You're in a toxic relationship if somebody always needs to know where you are, needs to know how long you're going to be gone. They blow up your phone. They know it's 10 minutes home from work and it's 12 minutes since you left work and where are you? It's this emotional surveillance. Yes, it's physical. Yes, it's digital. But it's emotional surveillance. I will know every second where you are. And if you are not where I think you should be or not where you exactly said you should be at that exact moment, then I am going to go into my demanding role. I am going to constantly be in that digital and emotional surveillance. And that's bad. I mean, I've had clients where we've had to take devices off cars because there was surveillance going on. Um, hijackals had put GPS trackers in cars, on cell phones, all kinds of things without the clients knowing. And this kind of surveillance, needing to know where you are at all times, mainly so they can make you wrong, but it's a big one, this number 10, is that emotional surveillance. And I call it emotional surveillance because they are always looking for you and you are always looking over your shoulder, wondering, you know, am I doing it right? Am I doing it right? What time is it? And that is so wearing on every part of you. And number 11 is marginalization. They like to push you off so that you don't matter. They like to dismiss your opinions or your needs or your thoughts or your wants or your desires and, and make it so you don't matter. They marginalize you. They want to just put you into the shadows and then they will deign to give you a little attention sometimes. Does that sound at all familiar? Like they only want you to talk when they ask you to. And the rest of the time, they just like you to serve their needs. So we get into that marginalization. And along with it goes number 12, which is isolation. Actually, toxic people like to isolate you and have you alter themselves so that they can abuse you. So I was talking to a client not too long ago, and she said, you know, I thought it was so romantic when when my partner said, let's get married and let's move where we know nobody and, and let's, let's move way out in the country and have an adventure. Now that sounds perfectly benign and lovely, except that I already knew the story of this relationship. So her partner had said this to her and she thought, oh, isn't that lovely? We're going to do this thing together. We're going to have this grand adventure. And then she found out that after they bought this dilapidated house with no internet connection, way out in the middle of nowhere at the back of beyond, where neither one of them knew anybody, she thought, all of a sudden, he took her car. And of course she was pregnant. And by the time she was talking to me, she had a few children and she was totally marginalized and isolated. There was no one to talk to. She was dependent on him for everything. 
Sometimes he just didn't bother to come home. Very toxic. Very, very toxic. So those two, marginalization and isolation, go together, but they are underhanded, and that's no good. Now let's look at number 13, because it particularly applies to covert narcissists, but overt narcissists will do it too, and that is to engage in passive-aggressive behaviors. Now I wrote a whole book about this, two of them as a matter of fact, but you can you can go and find them. One's called Stop That's Crazy Making, How to Quit Playing the Passive-Aggressive Game. The other is called the hijackal trap, the hidden anger of passive aggression. So you can go and find those on Amazon. But you need to understand passive aggression because it's really sneaky. Um, it's when somebody doesn't want to have a confrontation, so they actually lie to you to your face with no intention of doing what you ask them to do. That's one way that passive aggression shows up. Then when you say what you said you would do it, they say, why would I bother doing that? So they're really hoping to push off the confrontation, hoping you'll forget or they'll come up with a good reason why they couldn't do it. But in the moment, they don't do it. And that looks like feet dragging. That looks like procrastinating. That looks like, quote, unquote, forgetting to do things. But there's a whole lot more to it. But you need to understand passive aggression because people throw that term around a little easily and you really need to understand what it means. Because there's more passive aggression in this world than you might think. And it's really good. So go and get stopped. That's crazy making how to quit playing the passive aggressive game and you'll learn that. So there's 40 of them. I have to keep going. But remember, um, they may not all be present. If they were all present, I think you would know immediately to run. But get a way to calibrate how much toxicity is in your relationship and how frequent is it. Because if these things are showing up frequently, that's a bad sign. That's truly a bad sign. So let's look at number 14. Now, I've done some other podcasts and videos on this. You can always go to my YouTube channel for relationship help just like my website for relationshiphelp.com. And that's on the topic of coercive control. And that's kind of a broad umbrella of all these things that I'm talking about. But coercive control means somebody wants to force you to live in a particular way. And that is abusive. So I'm not going to say too much about it because you can go and find the other pieces. But it is a hallmark of toxic relationships. And you need to understand that term because it is coming into the law in the, Uni in the United Kingdom and in Canada and in various places. The term coercive control is seeping into the law as something recognized as being equal to uh, domestic abuse in the sense of physical abuse. So coercive control is emotional and physical abuse is just that and sexual abuse is its own thing too. But coercive control is this finally we having a good name that can work in legal parlance for how people manipulate your emotions. So that's number 14. And number 15 goes back to my three must-haves. Number 15 is a lack of equality. And if you don't have equality in a relationship, a balance, not equal every day in every way, 
because some people are stronger in one way and some in others and it balances it off and we lean on each other we count on each other to have those balancing things but when there's a lack of equality when one partner honestly thinks that they are better than the other brighter than the other more experienced than the other more entitled than the other mm -mm, it's not going to work you can't have that and so a lack of equality will always create a problem. And so think about that. You know, do you let it go when it feels unequal? Do you think, oh, well, you know, it's not that important? Well, it is a sign of toxicity when over time there isn't any equality. And it's very important to recognize that because sometimes in different cultures we lose sight of that. So in a relationship, there isn't equality. And there needs to be. There really does need to be. Because you have to have respect for one another. So however you work that out, it needs to be equal. And then other lacks, a lack of kindness. You know, just basic kindness that I can be pleasant to you. I can be kind. I can leave space for you. I could care about you. I could greet you in a pleasant way. I could speak to you in a pleasant way. That lack of kindness will show up if they're as toxic over time. Yeah, sure, we all have moments when we're less than kind, less than our best self. Something blurts out of our mouth and we're sorry about it. But the difference is toxic people don't apologize when that happens. They just feel entitled to do it again. So watch for a lack of kindness, watch for a lack of consideration that goes in hand in hand with the equality, that there should be consideration that your happiness is important as a partner's happiness or your happiness is as important as your sibling's happiness or your adult child's happiness. It doesn't matter where the toxic relationship resides. Is it with you and a parent now that you're both adults? Is it with you and a partner, you and a sibling? One of your children grew up and they're trying to rule the roost or have power over you or be dismissive and demeaning. Still toxic relationship. Toxic relationships at work. You know, I want one thing for sure. If that you have, have toxic relationships in your life, you probably will find the more that you learn and the more that you stay listening to the show that you also have toxic friends. I had two toxic parents, two hijackal parents. I'm an only child. So I got a double dose. Of course, of course I got into toxic relationships. It's all I knew to do. Even if my brain told me it wasn't good, my history went out and it was familiar. I know all these things. I've walked through all these things. Even though I have a PhD in psychology and I've made this my specialty, it all started with having to figure it out for myself. So I understand what you're going through. And I understand also that you want to be that fair, equitable person who gives everyone the benefit of the doubt and goes the extra mile. But eventually, the only wise thing to do, the only com self-compassionate thing to do is to realize that if any of these things that I'm talking about today are present mostly most frequently maybe all the time in your relationship that it has toxic elements and there could be a complete lack of thoughtfulness now they may they may never even if you remind them 
never be interested in your birthday or a special day or feel that you're worthy of celebrating. You may have the biggest accomplishment of your life and a toxic person will say, well, who do you think you are? I'm busy that day. It's a lack of thoughtfulness. It's a lack of thinking outside themselves. They're incapable of doing it except when they really want something. So a lack of thoughtfulness definitely shows up as a sign of toxicity. And number 19 is they're dismissive. I mean, like, don't bother me with your problems. Don't bother me with your perceptions. Don't bother me with your wants or needs or complaints or whatever, because you don't matter. Only I matter. And so they're dismissive of you. And they, they say things and they cause you to second guess yourself. Like, you're an adult. You should be able to figure that out. Or suck it up, buttercup. You know, they'll do something that will say, who cares what you need? Who cares what you want? And that's toxic because if you're in a relationship with a person who doesn't care about you, why be there? You know, occasionally you have to take a job somewhere where people don't care about you perhaps, but you're going to make a good plan to get out of that sooner rather than later, right? So what else are they lacking? Well, they're lacking in support for sure. They are not going to offer any support for you. It's too much work. Um, unless they really want something. And I could put that caveat over everything. <laughs> if a hijacker really wants something, they can find some faux empathy. They can find some faux love. They can find some time. They can do something if they really want something. But it's only for a hot minute usually. <laughs> um, <clears throat> very occasionally, people will make a sustained change. And yay, that's great. But mostly, they're so self-interested that they're not interested in change at all. And so they will have a lack of support for you. Because they see that as demanding on your part that you want support, that you have pain. I mean, I've heard some horrible cases. You know, people having to drive, find someone to drive them to the hospital where they're near death's door because the hijackal couldn't be bothered to hear their pain. Just told them to go into the other room and be quiet. Horrible things happen. Now, I hope they're horrible at that degree is not happening to you. But the, such toxic things happen from lack of support and lack of consideration and thoughtfulness. Because it all shows what is number 21, which is a lack of respect. A lack of respect for you, a lack of respect for your needs and wants, a lack of respect for your desires, your ideas, uh, your plans, just a lack of respect. And they will say underhanded and demeaning things in order to demonstrate that lack of respect. And then they'll say to you when you complain, well, who do you think you are? You know, why, should, why do you think you deserve that? It's a complete conundrum, of course, because at that moment they're saying they deserve that, but you don't. <laughs> so you see again the lack of equality. Any of these ringing true? How's your score coming along? <laughs> Are you writing down these things or at least keeping score to see how many of them actually occur frequently in your relationship? This is a big deal, a really big deal. So number 22 is resentment. 
They resent having to breathe the same air as you sometimes. They resent that you have a desire. They resent that you have a request. They resent that you want something. They resent your presence. And that usually shows up as anger. Now, passive-aggressive behavior is a kind of underhanded anger. But aggressive behavior is a very evident kind of anger. And that resentment will bubble up and then bam, and it will come out. And the resentment will always be, why are you taking up my time or airspace or our money or any of these because you don't deserve it? And resentment will build up. Now, number 23 is dishonesty. If you're with somebody who's frequently lying and deceitful, frequently alluding to the truth but never actually telling it, that is very toxic because you need to be able to depend on a person's word. Then if you can't, then they're unreliable. And you know in my book, Kaizen for Couples, Reliability is one of the relational gifts, the five relational gifts that you must have in order to give to a relationship for it to be healthy. And if the person is resentful and dishonest, you are going to have a lack of reliability. So when you start saying, but you said something different last week and they say, oh, you don't remember very well. You know, start noticing those moments because you will find, if you're with a hijackal, of course, that there will be dishonesty. There will be lots of dishonesty. And it's important to see. You know, as I grew older and older and I looked back on my life with my parents, I realized where the dishonesty was. Now, when you're a child, you believe them. You know you need those parents in order to feed you and put a roof over your head and buy clothes for you and take you to school. Do you believe what they say? Because you don't have any experience of the adult world. And then as you grow older and you look at this list that I'm sharing with you, you may question what happened to you. And I realized how overtly my parents had lied to me individually and together they'd concocted some lies. That was very distressing. It's awful to be lied to, isn't it? And once you realize that these people lie, mm, no. So number 24 is withholding things from you. They purposely withhold things from you. That may be words. They'll give you the silent treatment. They won't speak to you. It may be attention. And it also may be funds that they withhold money. That is that is financial abuse. So withholding is something. And if that happens frequently, those are ways to control you. Number 25 is ignoring your needs. That even though they're blatant, you may definitely be ill and they just ignore your needs. So it's important to recognize that you are not being unreasonable. Check that out with yourself. And if you are not being unreasonable and you have a need and they refuse to acknowledge it, notice that toxic nature of that. 
Now, another thing they love to do is number 26, which is blaming. They will always blame you. You've noticed that, right? No matter what goes on, it's your fault if it's bad. And if it's good, it's always to their credit, right? That's the way it goes. But if you see a pattern of blaming and blaming and blaming, it's always your fault. And when it's not directly your fault, somehow you feel like you could have done better or you should have done better or you didn't quite measure up and you were never quite good enough. But the blaming continues. It wears you down. That's the idea of it. And along with that is number 27, which is fault finding. Not only do they blame you for things that happen, they're constantly finding fault with you. Ways to make you feel not good enough, not up to their par and you know what's terrible about toxic people is they'll say this is exactly what they want. And when you do exactly what they want, they'll say, no, that's not what I said. I want this. They move the marker. So the blaming and fault finding continues and they're perpetuating it. And that's very sad. So 28, they're all promise and no change. So when you perhaps reach them with, I'm very sad about this, I'm thinking of leaving, I don't want to talk to you anymore, all of a sudden they're making promises of change, but they don't deliver on those promises. Last week's episode was on why not to believe the promises of change from a narcissist. Listen to that episode, number 178, and you will really understand what that dynamic is of all promise and no change and why you shouldn't buy into their promises of change because they know it lights you up and it says, oh, they, they care, they care, they care, they're going to change. No, it's a manipulation. So watch for that. It's a sign of a toxic relationship. And watch also for number 29, which is lack of accountability. They, they're never accountable for their actions. It's always someone else's fault, often yours, right? So there's a lack of accountability. They're always foisting the blame off on somebody else. Never them. There are no flies on them. It's always someone else's fault. Maybe they'll blame the weather on you. They'll blame the IRS. They'll blame anybody. But they have a lack of accountability for their own actions. And what goes with that is number 30, a lack of responsibility. Even though they did something, they never take responsibility for it or the consequences of it. And that's very toxic because if a person will not take responsibility or be accountable for their behaviors, what have you got? There's not going to be any change because they refuse to have the conversation that perhaps there's a need for change. So this becomes extremely important to notice. And 31, broken trust. And hand in hand with it, a lack of trustworthiness. You can't trust people who behave in all these ways. Why would you? Now, I know that you want to be able to trust yourself, that you fell in love with the person they presented themselves as, or if you're their child, the one you thought, well, these are my parents, so they must be right, or a friend or whatever happened. But notice how they break your trust. Little things, big things, but they are untrustworthy because they put themselves first. And so 
doing things that they said they would do for you or that you trusted them to do or you even trusted them to have you or the family and as their high priority or interest they don't do that so you will continuously be giving them second chances to rebuild trust and they will continuously be blowing them and you have to notice that's toxic because it's toxic to you because you keep engaging in the hope that they will be different and they won't. So very important for you to see that. And number 32 is a lack of safety. You never feel safe around a toxic person. You're always a little bit on guard. You're always a little bit alert. What's happening? A little bit hypervigilant. Is it going to be okay? Am I going to be safe? Am I going to come through this unscathed? Am I going to be blamed for something? So there's always that bit of lack of safety. And along with it, number 33, the lack of predictability creates that. Because the only thing about a toxic person that's predictable is that they're going to behave unpredictably. So just when you think that they're going to approve of something because you did everything they ever wanted you to do and you did it exactly as they wanted it, then they move the marker and tell you, silly you, why would I want that? So it's that unpredictable factor. And and their desire, number 34, to constantly criticize you is to keep the up-down balance imbalance rather that they always have to be the one in charge they always have to be the one that's right they always have to be the one that gives direction they're always the one who decides on the consequences they're always the one who decides what's good bad right or wrong and indifferent and so they're constantly criticizing you everyone else and at home and then, of course, as I say so often, you know, hijackles paint a public picture of perfection and at home they provide a private place of pain. So they can say all kinds of terrible things about someone or something at home, go out and be their very best friend. And so there is that constant criticism that they, they spew at home at you and about other people, and yet it's inconsistent. So number 35 goes along with that, they blame shift, which is if the blame should be coming to them, because rightly so, they did something or said something or promised something, and they did not fulfill, uh, but no, they blame shift back onto you. It's projection. It's part of the, the psychological nature to project. To project means that the things that they fear are true about themselves, they will say are true about you, but they will shift the blame. And therefore, that adds to number 36, which is their desire to constantly keep everything in crisis and chaos. They, they like to do that. They like to be the one who causes that, to keep everybody on edge. They like to throw things up in the air, say ridiculous, outrageous things, and keep everything in chaos and crisis. You never know if they're going to follow through. You never can count on them. You are always wondering, and there's always that chaos and crisis that is occurring. And then just a few more. I've talked about gaslighting before, which is number 37. That's when they want to tell you what you think and feel, remember, prefer, and want. They decide. They want to be the one who defines your reality. I've done video on it. I've done podcasts on it. So, you know, when you go to my website, forrelationshiphelp.com, that you can... Um, look at the at the um, podcast there and there's a little magnifying glass and you can search by topic 
And so if any of these things are things that you want to know more about, just go to uh, forrelationshiphelp.com, click on the podcast, Save Your Sanity, and do a little search. But gaslighting is a big way of knowing that someone's toxic if they want to define your reality for you and argue with you about how you see life. Very toxic. Number 38 goes along with several of these that you are going to live in fear. You're going to live looking over your shoulder. You're going to look wondering if something is good enough, if if something is being scrutinized so that you end up with criticism. And so you're always going to be in a heightened state of awareness. And it's very wearing. It's extremely tiring. And so if you find yourself not wanting to go home or being fearful when someone comes home or your mother comes to the door and you don't want to answer the door, you see it on the caller ID who it is and you don't want to talk to them, notice if these toxic things that I've talked about tonight are part of your relationship with that human. And if they are, start taking stock of this. You know, if this is toxic, it's unhealthy for me. How do I need to use strategies and skills and support in order to move into a better direction with the relationship or away from the relationship if necessary? So, you know, come on over to For Relationship Help again and join the support circle over there. A very inexpensive way to stay in touch. And once or twice a month, I do a special Ask Me Anything call for groups to come and, and we can talk about things there. So if you find yourself living in fear, that's a big one. And 39 is fear of autonomy and lack of autonomy. They're afraid that you will be an autonomous human being with ideas of your own. So they do everything to keep you in lack of autonomy. No, who do you think you are? Why would I ever say that's okay? I don't want to be around a person like you. They do not want you to have any power or autonomy in your life. And they will take away every shred that you show them. It's not only degrading and demeaning, it is demoralizing. And that is really not okay. And number 40 is the endless drama. You know that's what's exhausting. You know that what keeps you in fear and anxiety. You know that's what creates the knot in the stomach. You know that's what makes you roll your eyes when you see the name on the caller ID. You know all of those things. So it's been a bit of a longer episode, but I really wanted to draw some attention to these things because if you're ever wondering if you're in a toxic relationship, there's at least 40 things that could be going on. And if there are many of them going on and they're going on in in rapid order or they're almost mostly present or even if they're there half of the time, it's too much. It's not okay. And I invite you to have a look at that. So until we talk again, I hope that you will take very good care of yourself and look at this list. How many of these things are occurring and what can I do about them? Why is it acceptable to me? No, it isn't acceptable to me. All right, let me think about change. And if I can help you, I am always here to do that. Remember, just if you're a new client, go to beaclient.com for a one-hour special offer for new clients. Go to forrelationshiphelp.com. There's a blog. There's lots of things there to help you. Or to the YouTube channel for Relationship Help. So again, until we talk again, take very, very, very good care of yourself because you're precious and you matter.
Talk soon. Hello and welcome to Save Your Sanity. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. You know, I'm talking all the time about toxic relationships, and I thought it was really important to do a podcast episode that talked about the underhanded, undermining signs of toxic relationships and to share with you my definition of a toxic relationship. I've been working in this field for a long time, so I have a little bit different take on it than some people do, and I wanted to share that with you. Because you're probably a good person, you want to be fair, you don't want to blame people for things, you don't want to be finding fault, you want to look at the upside, look at the good side, see what's available to you to reflect on within yourself, am I doing something I shouldn't do, am I contributing to the problem? And so because you're a good person, you'll go the extra mile and you'll try to be understanding and you may not even see the toxicity because you're working so hard at being that fair person, the person who compromises, the person who has some wiggle room, who is accepting, has some ability to be compassionate and understanding, demonstrates empathy. And if those things are things that describe you, then you may find yourself in a toxic relationship later, then you recognize that you have been. And I guess it's a convoluted say way of saying that you're in a toxic relationship, but you didn't really realize you were until it had gone on for quite some time. And toxic relationships cause people damage. Toxic relationships are abusive. And they cause people to be broken and broken down. And I just want to save you another minute of wondering if you're in a toxic relationship by sharing these things with you. I'm going to share with you 40 different signs of a toxic relationship. Now, you may have one or two of them occasionally. Most of us do. That's not a toxic relationship. That's a toxic moment. But if you're experiencing these frequently, regularly, far too often, then it's important to see that you may well be in a relationship that is toxic. So you're being worn down, torn down, put down, and eventually you will become exhausted. So let's prevent that if we possibly can. So I want to share with you my definition of a toxic relationship. And I'm going to read it to you so I get it really, really clear. A toxic relationship is one where interactions are too frequently verbally and emotionally abusive. They're intentionally damaging, anxiety-producing, and creating of an unsafe environment for health and well-being. Now, that's my personal definition of a toxic relationship. I'll read it again. See how it fits with what you're experiencing. A toxic relationship is where interactions are too frequently verbally and emotionally abusive. They are intentionally damaging. They're anxiety producing. And they're creating an unsafe environment for health and well-being. Do you recognize that in what you're experiencing? 
Well, by the time we're finished with this podcast, you will have 40 very discreet things to look at. So I would suggest that it might be good for you to grab a pen and paper and just keep a tally as I go through the list of 40 in a few minutes to see how many of them you actually experience in the relationship you're thinking of. You know, I talk about hijackals all the time, the relentlessly difficult people in life who want to scavenge a relationship for power, status, and control. Well, there are two main types, although there are several other ways of naming them, but there are two main types. They're the ones that are really obvious, the covert or the overt narcissistic hijackal, the one who was just out there, arrogant, blunt, direct, in your face, entitled, all of that. And then there's the covert narcissistic hijackal, who is the one who is, oh, poor me, playing the victim, never gets what they want. Oh, don't think about me. I don't matter. That one. Now, if you're with an overt hijackal, you're going to see aggression, rage, violence. If you're with a covert hijackal, you're going to see passive aggressive behaviors and and the depressive behaviors. So whichever you're with, as we go through these, listen carefully for how they are manifesting in the relationship that you have in mind. Because toxic relationships include inappropriate controlling, manipulative behaviors, competitiveness, and they're certainly going to lack the three must-haves of a healthy adult relationship that I talk about. And if you are new to my podcast, welcome. Um, And for those of you who have returned, you're so welcome. Always bring your friends over if you think this could be helpful for you. But why I'm addressing that in this moment is I often talk about the absolute foundation of a healthy relationship, the must-haves of a healthy adult relationship, which is in episode 115. And you're going to find that when you have any kind of toxic relationship, you don't have those three things. And those three things are equality, reciprocity, and mutuality. So... When we look at the covert narcissists and hijackals, we're going to find the underhanded, passive-aggressive, not willing to directly confront an issue, not willing to take responsibility for an issue, hiding behind the, oh, nobody ever likes me, I'm going to go out and eat worms kind of thing. If you remember that song from when you were a child, I certainly do. And on the other side, the overt narcissists and, and hijackals, the ones who are out there demanding, controlling, visible and they're the ones who are going to be more likely to be aggressive violent and raging so now we're going to talk about these 40 things and I'm just going to go through them and give you a little commentary on each one and if you've got that pen and paper there just make a note if you're experiencing any one of these and then see whether or not it kind of adds up to a toxic relationship so the first one is degradation. That means that they are going to put you down. They're going to find some way to make you less than, to just have that little 
little say-so, that little edge to their tone, they're little looking down the nose at you, they're going to be seeing you as less and be willing to say so as well. Now, the second one is jealousy. They may not want you or behave as though they want you, but they are certain that you want everybody else and everybody else wants you. And so in a toxic relationship, it's that constant vigilance of jealousy. And that can be so disastrous to a relationship. You know, I have clients all over the world. And if you want to be a client of mine, you can use my new client offer at BeAClient.com. And we'll talk for a full hour if you want to use that. But <clears throat> many times I'm talking to people and they're saying, well, you know, the jealousy in the beginning was kind of flattering. It kind of made me feel like, oh, well, I'm special and this person really wants me all to themselves. But then it turned into something mean and nasty and a way to put me down. And that's what happens when you're in a hijackal relationship, a toxic relationship. We get that jealousy piece and it's a, a way to keep you small. So the third one is the possessiveness that goes with the jealousy. They want you all to themselves. They don't want anyone else to have you. In fact, they don't even want you to have same-sex friends, or they may even want you to cut off your family because they want you all to themselves. And as I said in the beginning, that can seem kind of flattering, but it grows old really quickly. So if you're feeling like they're overly possessive, and they've got an eye cast on you at all times to see if you are, in their opinion, flirting. You know, that is just a sign that they have had some bad relationships, perhaps, or that they are using their past relationship to uh, look at you with a jaundiced eye. But be very, very aware if it feels possessive for no good reason and does not feel flattering. That is a sign of a toxic relationship. So number four, you know this one, it's dominance. They want to be the dominant one in the relationship. They want to be the go-to one. They want to be the decision maker. They want to be the one that is the arbiter of all conversation. And that can be very wearing because they always want to be the one in charge. And there's no equity in that, you know, like I say about the three must-haves of a healthy adult relationship. We have to have equality. That means that there's equal importance to each one of us, and each one of us gets a say, and it has to be equal. Well, you won't find that when one person is fighting for dominance, and that's very damaging to to the relationship, but to the one who is being dominated because it just wears you down. So toxic relationship sign number five is manipulation. They change their story. They want to get you to do things. They get sneaky and they start to manipulate stories, manipulate wants and needs, manipulate outcomes, and therefore manipulate you. And that is something that puts you into hypervigilance. You're always guarded. Like, is this the truth? Is this not the truth? doesn't sound the same as it did last time or yesterday or 20 minutes ago. Am I crazy? No, they're manipulating you. 
And that manipulation can extend to so many things, including all their lying and deceitful behaviors. So number six is desperation. They are desperate for power and control. They are desperate to know where you are because they need power and control. They're desperate for uh, people adoring them and validating them. And people who are like that are very toxic, very fast, because you just can't fill that void that's in them. But they keep demanding that you do and making you wrong when you don't. So desperation is something, you know, they say you can smell desperation. And if you sit back and have the little sniff test of your relationship, can you smell desperation in the in the controlling person? That would be definitely a sign that they're contributing to toxicity in the relationship. Number seven is selfishness. Toxic people are selfish. Whether they are covert, playing the poor me card, trying to get attention, or they're overt, saying, look at me, and playing that card, they are seeking attention and they are selfish about it. They want to be the ones. Have you ever been in a conversation where you really just thought you wanted to have a give and take conversation with a friend? And yet every time you say something, they turn it into talking about themselves <laughs> and it just never seems to get around to being your turn. That is selfishness. You want to do something on a particular day, they tell you why what they have to do is more important and you should do that because they are selfish. So selfishness will show up and be a sign of a toxic relationship. Then number eight is a really sad one. It's rejection. They like to push you away because it shows that they have control, you know, um, that I can push you away, I can pull you toward me, I can send you away, I can say nasty things about you, and then I can pull you back. They like to reject you. And that's why they get so upset if you happen to reject them and walk out in the relationship, because they're the ones who get to reject, not you. And they get very, very upset about that. So another sign of toxicity is rejection. Now, number eight is one that you all know, which is the demanding nature. I want it. I want it this way. I want it yesterday. And you should have already given it to me. And that's where we get that really dysfunctional phrase. If you really loved me, you'd know what I want. No, that is not true. That's not true on any level. If you really loved me, you'd ask me, what would make me happy, and if it were in your power to give it to me, you would. Not that it's your task to make me happy, but if you ask me what I'd like you to do that would make me happy, have an answer. But that's not what they're up to. They're demanding. And the demanding in all things, and in the smallest little things, as well as the large things. So that's very important when you're thinking about it. Now, these are in no particular order. They're just all the ones that came to mind for me. And then all of a sudden there were 40. But this one, number um, 10, is one that you may feel, but you may not have given it this name. And it's emotional surveillance. You're in a toxic relationship if somebody always needs to know where you are. 
needs to know how long you're going to be gone. They blow up your phone. They know it's 10 minutes home from work and it's 12 minutes since you left work. And where are you? It's this emotional surveillance. Yes, it's physical. Yes, it's digital. But it's emotional surveillance. I will know every second where you are. And if you are not where I think you should be or not where you exactly said you should be at that exact moment, then I am going to go into my demanding role. I am going to constantly be in that digital and emotional surveillance. And that's bad. I mean, I've had clients where we've had to take devices off cars because there was surveillance going on. Um, hijackals had put GPS trackers in cars, on cell phones, all kinds of things without the clients knowing. And this kind of surveillance, needing to know where you are at all times, mainly so they can make you wrong, but it's a big one, this number 10, is that emotional surveillance. And I call it emotional surveillance because they are always looking for you and you are always looking over your shoulder, wondering, you know, am I doing it right? Am I doing it right? What time is it? And that is so wearing on every part of you. And number 11 is marginalization. They like to push you off so that you don't matter. They like to dismiss your opinions or your needs or your thoughts or your wants or your desires and, and make it so you don't matter. They marginalize you. They want to just put you into the shadows and then they will deign to give you a little attention sometimes. Does that sound at all familiar? Like they only want you to talk when they ask you to. And the rest of the time, they just like you to serve their needs. So we get into that marginalization. And along with it goes number 12, which is isolation. Actually, toxic people like to isolate you and have you alter themselves so that they can abuse you. So I was talking to a client not too long ago, and she said, you know, I thought it was so romantic when... When my partner said, let's get married and let's move where we know nobody and, and let's, let's move way out in the country and have an adventure. Now that sounds perfectly benign and lovely, except that I already knew the story of this relationship. So her partner had said this to her and she thought, oh, isn't that lovely? We're going to do this thing together. We're going to have this grand adventure. And then she found out that after they bought this dilapidated house with no internet connection, way out in the middle of nowhere at the back of beyond, where neither one of them knew anybody, she thought, all of a sudden, he took her car. And of course she was pregnant. And by the time she was talking to me, she had a few children and she was totally marginalized and isolated. There was no one to talk to. She was dependent on him for everything. Sometimes he just didn't bother to come home. Very toxic, very, very toxic. So those two, marginalization and isolation, go together, but they are underhanded. And that's no good. Now let's look at number 13 because it particularly applies to covert narcissists, but overt narcissists will do it too. And that is to engage in passive aggressive behaviors. 
Now, I wrote a whole book about this, two of them, as a matter of fact. But you can you can go and find them. One's called Stop That's Crazy Making, How to Quit Playing the Passive-Aggressive Game. And the other is called The Hijackal Trap, The Hidden Anger of Passive Aggression. So you can go and find those on Amazon. But you need to understand passive aggression because it's really sneaky. Um, it's when somebody doesn't want to have a confrontation, so they actually lie to you to your face with no intention of doing what you ask them to do. That's one way that passive aggression shows up. Then when you say what you said you would do it, they say, why would I bother doing that? So they're really hoping to push off the confrontation, hoping you'll forget or they'll come up with a good reason why they couldn't do it, but in the moment they don't do it. And that looks like feet dragging, that looks like procrastinating, that looks like quote-unquote forgetting to do things. But there's a whole lot more to it. But you need to understand passive aggression because people throw that term around a little easily and you really need to understand what it means. Because there's more passive aggression in this world than you might think. And it's really good. So go and get stopped. That's crazy making. How to quit playing the passive aggressive game. And you'll learn that. So there's 40 of them. I have to keep going. But remember, um, they may not all be present. If they were all present, I think you would know immediately to run. But get a way to calibrate how much toxicity is in your relationship. And how frequent is it? Because if these things are showing up frequently, that's a bad sign. That's truly a bad sign. So let's look at number 14. Now, I've done some other podcasts and videos on this. You can always go to my YouTube channel for relationship help, just like my website for relationshiphelp.com. And that's on the topic of coercive control. And that's kind of a broad umbrella of all these things that I'm talking about. But coercive control means somebody wants to force you to live in a particular way and that is abusive. So I'm not going to say too much about it because you can go and find the other pieces, but it is a hallmark of toxic relationships. And you need to understand that term because it is coming into the law in the, Uni in the United Kingdom and in Canada and in various places. The term coercive control is seeping into the law as something recognized as being equal to uh, domestic abuse in the sense of physical abuse. So coercive control is emotional and physical abuse is just that and sexual abuse is its own thing too. But coercive control is this finally having a good name that can work in legal parlance for how people manipulate your emotions. So that's number 14. And number 15 goes back to my three must-haves. Number 15 is a lack of equality. And if you don't have equality in a relationship, a balance, not equal every day in every way, because some people are stronger in one way and some in others, and it balances it off, and we lean on each other, we count on each other to have those balancing things. But when there's a lack of equality, when one partner honestly thinks that they are better than the other, brighter than the other, more experienced than the other, more entitled than the other, mm -mm, it's not going to work. You can't have that. 
And so a lack of equality will always create a problem. And so think about that. You know, do you let it go when it feels unequal? Do you think, oh, well, you know, it's not that important? Well, it is a sign of toxicity when over time there isn't any equality. And it's very important to recognize that because sometimes in different cultures, we lose sight of that. So in a relationship, there isn't equality. And there needs to be. There really does need to be. Because you have to have respect for one another. So however you work that out, it needs to be equal. And then other lacks, a lack of kindness. You know, just basic kindness that I can be pleasant to you. I can be kind. I can leave space for you. I could care about you. I I could greet you in a pleasant way. I could speak to you in a pleasant way. (laughs) That lack of kindness will show up. If they're as toxic over time. Yeah, sure, we all have moments when we're less than kind, less than our best self. Something blurts out of our mouth and we're sorry about it. But the difference is toxic people don't apologize when that happens. They just feel entitled to do it again. So watch for a lack of kindness. Watch for a lack of consideration. That goes hand in hand with the equality, that there should be consideration that your happiness is important as a partner's happiness or your happiness is as important as your sibling's happiness or your adult child's happiness. It doesn't matter where the toxic relationship resides. Is it with you and a parent now that you're both adults? Is it with you and a partner, you and a sibling? One of your children grew up and they're trying to rule the roost or have power over you or be dismissive and demeaning still toxic relationship toxic relationships at work you know i want one thing for sure if that you have have toxic relationships in your life you probably will find the more that you learn and the more that you stay listening to the show that you also have toxic friends i had two toxic parents two hijackal parents i'm an only child so i got a double dose of course Of course, I got into toxic relationships. It's all I knew to do. Even if my brain told me it wasn't good, my history went out and it was familiar. I know all these things. I've walked through all these things. Even though I have a PhD in psychology and I've made this my specialty, it all started with having to figure it out for myself. So I understand what you're going through. I understand also that you want to be that fair, equitable person who gives everyone the benefit of the doubt and goes the extra mile. But eventually, the only wise thing to do, the only self-compassionate thing to do is to realize that if any of these things that I'm talking about today are present mostly, most frequently, maybe all the time in your relationship, that it has toxic elements. And there could be a complete lack of thoughtfulness. Now, they may, they may never, even if you remind them, never be interested in your birthday or a special day or feel that you're worthy of celebrating. You may have the biggest accomplishment of your life and a toxic person will say, well, who do you think you are? I'm busy that day. It's a lack of thoughtfulness. It's a lack of thinking outside themselves. 
they're incapable of doing it except when they really want something. So a lack of thoughtfulness definitely shows up as a sign of toxicity. And number 19 is they're dismissive. I mean, like, don't bother me with your problems. Don't bother me with your perceptions. Don't bother me with your wants or needs or complaints or whatever, because you don't matter. Only I matter. And so they're dismissive of you. And they, they say things and they cause you to second guess yourself, like you're an adult, you should be able to figure that out. Or suck it up, buttercup. You know, they'll do something that will say, who cares what you need? Who cares what you want? And that's toxic because if you're in a relationship with a person who doesn't care about you, why be there? You know, occasionally you have to take a job somewhere where people don't care about you, perhaps, but you're going to make a good plan to get out of that sooner rather than later, right? So what else are they lacking? Well, they're lacking in support for sure. They are not going to offer any support for you. It's too much work. Um, unless they really want something. And I could put that caveat over everything. <laughs> if a hijacker really wants something, they can find some faux empathy. They can find some faux love. They can find some time. They can do something if they really want something. But it's only for a hot minute usually. <laughs> um, <clears throat> very occasionally, people will make a sustained change. And yay, that's great. But mostly, they're so self-interested that they're not interested in change at all. And so they will have a lack of support for you. Because they see that as demanding on your part that you want support, that you have pain. I mean, I've heard some horrible cases. You know, people having to drive, find someone to drive them to the hospital where they're near death's door because the hijackal couldn't be bothered to hear their pain. Just told them to go into the other room and be quiet. Horrible things happen. Now, I hope they're horrible at that degree is not happening to you. But the, such th toxic things happen from lack of support and lack of consideration and thoughtfulness. Because it all shows what is number 21, which is a lack of respect. A lack of respect for you, a lack of respect for your needs and wants, a lack of respect for your desires, your ideas, uh, your plans, just a lack of respect. And they will say underhanded and demeaning things in order to demonstrate that lack of respect. And then they'll say to you when you complain, well, who do you think you are? You know, why, should, why do you think you deserve that? It's a complete conundrum, of course, because at that moment they're saying they deserve that, but you don't. <laughs> so you see again the lack of equality. Any of these ringing true? How's your score coming along? <laughs> Are you writing down these things or at least keeping score to see how many of them actually occur frequently in your relationship? This is a big deal, a really big deal. So number 22 is resentment. They resent having to breathe the same air as you sometimes. They resent that you have a desire. They resent that you have a request. They resent that you want something. They resent your presence. And that usually shows up as anger. Now, passive-aggressive behavior is a kind of underhanded anger. But aggressive behavior is a very 
evident kind of anger. And that resentment will bubble up and then bam, and it will come out. And the resentment will always be, why are you taking up my time or airspace or our money or any of these because you don't deserve it? And resentment will build up. Now, number 23 is dishonesty. If you're with somebody who's frequently lying and deceitful, frequently alluding to the truth but never actually telling it, that is very toxic because you need to be able to depend on a person's word. Then if you can't, then they're unreliable. And you know in my book, Kaizen for Couples, reliability is one of the relational gifts, the five relational gifts that you must have in order to give to a relationship for it to be healthy. And if the person is resentful and dishonest, you are going to have a lack of reliability. So when you start saying, but you said something different last week, and they say, oh, you don't remember very well, you know, start noticing those moments because you will find, if you're with a hijackal, of course, that there will be dishonesty. There will be lots of dishonesty. And it's important to see. You know, as I grew older and older and I looked back on my life with my parents, I realized where the dishonesty was. Now, when you're a child, you believe them. You know you need those parents in order to feed you and put a roof over your head and buy clothes for you and take you to school. Do so you believe what they say because you don't have any experience of the adult world? And then as you grow older and you look at this list that I'm sharing with you, may question what happened to you. And I realized how overtly my parents had lied to me individually and together they'd concocted some lies. That was very distressing. It's awful to be lied to, isn't it? And once you realize that these people lie, mm, no. So number 24 is withholding things from you. They purposely withhold things from you. That may be words. They'll give you the silent treatment. They won't speak to you. It may be attention. And it also may be funds that they withhold money. That is, that is financial abuse. So withholding is something. And if that happens frequently, those are ways to control you. Number 25 is ignoring your needs. That even though they're blatant, you may definitely be ill and they just ignore your needs. So it's important to recognize that you are not being unreasonable. Check that out with yourself. And if you are not being unreasonable and you have a need and they refuse to acknowledge it, notice that toxic nature of that. Now, another thing they love to do is number 26, which is blaming. They will always blame you. You've noticed that, right? No matter what goes on, it's your fault if it's bad. And if it's good, it's always to their credit, right? That's the way it goes. But if you see a pattern of blaming and blaming and blaming, it's always your fault. And when it's not directly your fault, somehow you feel like you could have done better or you should have done better or you didn't quite measure up and you were never quite good enough. But the blaming continues. 
It wears you down. That's the idea of it. And along with that is number 27, which is fault finding. Not only do they blame you for things that happen, they're constantly finding fault with you. Ways to make you feel not good enough, not up to their par. And you know what's terrible about toxic people is they'll say this is exactly what they want. And when you do exactly what they want, they'll say, no, that's not what I said. I want this. They move the marker. So the blaming and fault finding continues and they're perpetuating it. And that's very sad. So 28, they're all promise and no change. So when you perhaps reach them with, I'm very sad about this, I'm thinking of leaving, I don't want to talk to you anymore, all of a sudden they're making promises of change, but they don't deliver on those promises. Last week's episode was on why not to believe the promises of change from a narcissist. Listen to that episode, number 178, and you will really understand what that dynamic is of all promise and no change and why you shouldn't buy into their promises of change. Because I know it lights you up and it says, oh, they, they care, they care, they care, they're going to change. No, it's a manipulation. So watch for that. It's a sign of a toxic relationship. And watch also for number 29, which is lack of accountability. They, they're never accountable for their actions. It's always someone else's fault, often yours, right? So there's a lack of accountability. They're always foisting the blame off on somebody else. Never them. There are no flies on them. It's always someone else's fault. Maybe they'll blame the weather on you. They'll blame the IRS. They'll blame anybody. But they have a lack of accountability for their own actions. And what goes with that is number 30, a lack of responsibility. Even though they did something, they never take responsibility for it or the consequences of it. And that's very toxic because if a person will not take responsibility or be accountable for their behaviors, what have you got? There's not going to be any change because they refuse to have the conversation that perhaps there's a need for change. So this becomes extremely important to notice. And 31, broken trust. And hand in hand with it, a lack of trustworthiness. You can't trust people who behave in all these ways. Why would you? Now, I know that you want to be able to trust yourself, that you fell in love with the person they presented themselves as, or if you're their child, the one you thought, well, these are my parents, so they must be right, or a friend, or whatever happened. But notice how they break your trust. Little things, big things, but they are untrustworthy because they put themselves first. And so doing things that they said they would do for you or that you trusted them to do, or you even trusted them to have you or the family in, as their high priority or interest, they don't do that. So you will continuously be giving them second chances to rebuild trust, and they will continuously be blowing them. And you have to notice that's toxic because it's toxic to you, because you keep engaging in the hope that they will be different and they won't. So very important for you to see that. And number 32 is a lack of safety. 
You never feel safe around a toxic person. You're always a little bit on guard. You're always a little bit alert. What's happening? A little bit hypervigilant. Is it going to be okay? Am I going to be safe? Am I going to come through this unscathed? Am I going to be blamed for something? So there's always that bit of lack of safety. And along with it, number 33, the lack of predictability creates that. Because the only thing about a toxic person that's predictable is that they're going to behave unpredictably. So just when you think that they're going to approve of something because you did everything they ever wanted you to do and you did it exactly as they wanted it, then they move the marker and tell you, silly you, why would I want that? So it's that unpredictable factor. And and their desire, number 34, to constantly criticize you is to keep the up-down balance imbalance rather that they always have to be the one in charge they always have to be the one that's right they always have to be the one that gives direction they're always the one who decides on the consequences they're always the one who decides what's good bad right or wrong and indifferent and so they're constantly criticizing you everyone else and at home and then, of course, as I say so often, you know, hijackles paint a public picture of perfection and at home they provide a private place of pain. So they can say all kinds of terrible things about someone or something at home, go out and be their very best friend. And so there is that constant criticism that they they spew at home at you and about other people, and yet it's inconsistent. So number 35 goes along with that, they blame shift, which is if the blame is, should be coming to them, because rightly so, they did something or said something or promised something, and they did not fulfill, uh, but no, they blame shift back onto you. It's projection. It's part of the, the psychological nature to project. To project means that the things that they fear are true about themselves, they will say are true about you, but they will shift the blame. And therefore, that adds to number 36, which is their desire to constantly keep everything in crisis and chaos. They, they like to do that. They like to be the one who causes that, to keep everybody on edge. They like to throw things up in the air, say ridiculous, outrageous things, and keep everything in chaos and crisis. You never know if they're going to follow through. You never can count on them. You are always wondering. And there's always that chaos and crisis that is occurring. And then just a few more. I've talked about gaslighting before, which is number 37. That's when they want to tell you what you think and feel, remember, prefer, and want. They decide. They want to be the one who defines your reality. I've done video on it. I've done podcasts on it. So, you know, when you go to my website, forrelationshiphelp.com, that you can... Um, look at the at the um, podcast there and there's a little magnifying glass and you can search by topic and so if any of these things are things that you want to know more about just go to uh, forrelationshiphelp.com click on the podcast save your sanity and do a little search but gaslighting is a big way of knowing that someone's toxic if they want to define your reality for you and argue with you about how you see life very toxic Number 38 goes along with several of these that you are going to live in fear. 
you're going to live looking over your shoulder. You're going to look wondering if something is good enough, if if something is being scrutinized so that you end up with criticism. And so you're always going to be in a heightened state of awareness. And it's very wearing. It's extremely tiring. And so if you find yourself not wanting to go home or being fearful when someone comes home or your mother comes to the door and you don't want to answer the door, you see it on the caller ID who it is and you don't want to talk to them, notice if these toxic things that I've talked about tonight are part of your relationship with that human. And if they are, start taking stock of this. You know, if this is toxic, it's unhealthy for me. How do I need to use strategies and skills and support in order to move into a better direction with the relationship or away from the relationship if necessary? So, you know, come on over to For Relationship Help again and join the support circle over there. A very inexpensive way to stay in touch. And once or twice a month, I do a special Ask Me Anything call for groups to come and, and we can talk about things there. So if you find yourself living in fear, that's a big one. And 39 is fear of autonomy and lack of autonomy. They're afraid that you will be an autonomous human being with ideas of your own. So they do everything to keep you in lack of autonomy. No, who do you think you are? Why would I ever say that's okay? I don't want to be around a person like you. And they do not want you to have any power or autonomy in your life. And they will take away every shred that you show them. It's not only degrading and demeaning, it is demoralizing. And that is really not okay. And number 40 is the endless drama. You know that's what's exhausting. You know that what keeps you in fear and anxiety. You know that's what creates the knot in the stomach. You know that's what makes you roll your eyes when you see the name on the caller ID. You know all of those things. So it's been a bit of a longer episode, but I really wanted to draw some attention to these things because if you're ever wondering if you're in a toxic relationship, there's at least 40 things that could be going on. And if there are many of them going on and they're going on in in rapid order or they're almost mostly present or even if they're there half of the time, it's too much. It's not okay. And I invite you to have a look at that. So until we talk again, I hope that you will take very good care of yourself and look at this list. How many of these things are occurring and what can I do about them? Why is it acceptable to me? No, it isn't acceptable to me. All right, let me think about change. And if I can help you, I am always here to do that. Remember, just if you're a new client, go to beaclient.com for a one-hour special offer for new clients. Go to forrelationshiphelp.com. There's a blog. There's lots of things there to help you. Or to the YouTube channel for Relationship Help. So again, until we talk again, take very, very, very good care of yourself because you're precious and you matter. Talk soon. Thank you for joining me on the Save Your Sanity podcast today. I hope you've had some new insights, some ideas and strategies to help you gain clarity and confidence for moving forward toward greater emotional health and safety. You deserve that, and so do your children. 
If you found value here and would like to support this podcast with a dollar or five each month, please do so at patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. Learn more about how to work with me via video conference, join my optimized circles, or subscribe to this podcast on my YouTube channel at my website, transformingrelationship.com. Talk soon.